How's it going, everyone? Welcome into another episode of Podcast 63. On this week's episode of Podcast 63, you guys know the drill by now. We're all over the place. We're talking recruitment. We're talking coaching news. We're talking Missouri Valley Conference news. Um, you know, we're talking everything. Um, so you're not going to want to miss this episode. Uh, we've got some listener questions. We love your questions. Please keep asking them. Um, we're going to be speculating on our new assistant coach, talking about Christian Agron leaving, talking about Brandon Norris coming. So um, it's going to be a full episode. Um, we hope you guys enjoy. And thank you again for listening to another episode of Podcast 63. Hello, welcome into another episode of Podcast 63, uh, where this week we are sponsored by Hulu. We're sponsored by Felice's Pizza. Oh, <laughs> too soon. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Felice's is a student-run pizza company on campus, and they are shutting down. Actually, I have really good pizza. I like. I it's like a little pizza. expensive. It is expensive, but they have like this ranch, barbecue ranch one. Anyway, chicken bacon ranch. I think. Chicken bacon ranch. Yeah. Anyway, so back to basketball. This is not a pizza podcast, although maybe our next uh, endeavor is a pizza podcast. But this is podcast sixty-three. As you all know, Loyola Ramblers basketball podcast. Um, in this week's episode, we're going to be. There's lots of things we're talking about. There's some some big ticket news items for our team. Uh, some Missouri Valley Conference news, um, and just a bunch of odds and ends. Oh, and, and some viewer questions too. So well, we got you all covered here. So don't turn that dial or click away. Um, the first thing we're going to talk about this week is a news item from uh, the office of Loyola. Um, we officially have a new director of basketball operations, and as we so uh, intelligently called last week, uh, it is London, and we still don't know how to say his last name. Dakubu. I'm gonna go. D- I'm gonna say Dakobo. Dakobo. London Dakobo. Um, who, uh, Lou, you know a little bit more about. So why don't you just give the viewers a refresher on who London is? London uh, uh, kid, I believe, in 2012, maybe 2011, came to Loyola as a walk-on. And then has uh, stayed. I believe Porter actually gave him a scholarship his senior year mm-hmm. at Loyola, and then has stayed on through a uh, graduate um, coach, uh, like student coach. I think that's how they call it. And then um, uh, he was uh, what the video um, operations last year or the year, past few years, and uh, now is officially director of basketball operations. And I just think it's great fit to have a guy in house. Uh, built up the culture from the beginning of Porter's kind of beginning time in 2011. And he's been with, with the team now eight straight seasons. So it's great to have a guy, um, especially a young guy. He's still young. Um, and I think that's someone like the uh, guys can go to. But now he's a little bit more of official with the, the coaching staff and more of a name. And I think we saw on Twitter he was out there looking, recruiting with guys and going mm-hmm. to the tournaments. So I think it's just – it's always cru- crucial to have a guy who played the game but also played for your coach, knows what your coach wants, knows how your coach goes. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's pretty much what I'm just excited. I'm excited this position was filled. Mm-hmm. Um, again, as we'll hop in now and we'll move in, but if unless you have anything. But- yeah, no, I just think one of the cool things, first of all, all the players love him. Like it was his birthday yesterday uh, on Monday, the uh, 6th. So it was a pretty cool birthday present for him. I'm sure, and you know all the guys from Marcus and Clayton, and some of the younger guys too. Like I think like Ugwak and uh, like a lot of the guys were just posting pictures of him. He's obviously like one of the guys, um, and since he's a young guy, he gets along well 
with everyone. Um, I also read that he was he's been here since Porter's been here too. So is he's been here the whole uh, tenure of Porter. So he's, uh, definitely one of Porter's favorites um, and uh, a guy who has very much earned this position. Um, so yeah, definitely happy uh, for London. Um, I think uh, he'll he'll be a good addition to the official um, coaching staff. Um, but from there, we're going to move on. Uh, we're going to talk Missouri Valley Conference news. Uh, there's a few interesting things. One very interesting thing, um, uh, one of the uh, all-first-team freshmen of the Missouri Valley Conference last year and defensive first team, I think, as well, uh, Javon Freeman uh, decided after opening his recruitment uh, after his freshman year that he was he has decided to come back to Valparaiso. Um, I think it's very exciting. I mean, this this kid's a great player. He's from Chicago, so first of all, you know, we're excited to, to have him in the conference because he's such a great player. Um, he seems like a good kid, and especially for a school like Valpo, who has been a little hard on their luck this offseason so far, losing a few guys. Um, it was great to see uh, great to see him come back to Valpo. Uh, I, you know, we always want the best competition in the Valley so that, you know, Loyal's playing against the top teams so that hopefully, you know, they can have the best, um, the best games to get into the postseason and do well in the postseason. So, um, we'd like to see him come back. Uh, I saw some Valpo fans that were like kind of not that happy about it, which I thought was really strange, like very salty about the fact that he decided to open up his recruitment and then, um, come back. But other, you know, some other, accounts are very excited to have him back and rightfully so i mean this was big news it would be somewhat similar to like the equivalent of cooper deciding to leave and then coming back you know it's it's a big deal and i'm I'm glad to see uh valpo have one of their top guys probably their top player back for next season what about you lou how yeah no um definitely a big thing with the fact um that a kid from chicago is staying in the valley i think that's big i think for future things but uh, this kid destroyed it, uh, played great against us. Um, our defense was a huge upside, I think, and I think his offense is uh, just improving improving, but already to have that defensive center uh, ground. And then just for Valpo, he kind of quite honestly was the first domino that once he said he was opening things up, other people started opening things up, and kind of he led that. And then now that he's coming back, it kind of is like, oh, wow. The, in my opinion, he was the best player on the team that said he was going somewhere. Um, that was looking to transfer, so the fact that they got to keep him. And they added some new faces, and uh, so I think uh, they'll be a team to look out for. Yeah, I think Valpo is this very much takes them out of the bottom. Um, like don't, don't get me wrong. I mean, they finished na- ninth in the conference last year. They're losing a bunch of guys. They're losing their starting center, um, a couple transfers. But I think they, they have uh, a freshman coming in, and they also had a guy sit out um, this past year that should both be pretty – Pretty talented players, um, so I would comfortably put them, you know, in, in the middle to bottom ish range. I don't think they're going to finish last. I think Illinois and Indiana State are comfortably kind of in the bottom, but they're the next tier because of getting Javon Freeman back. Um, but um, talking about another team who's definitely going to be, I would guess, in the top half of the the conference in Bradley. Uh, this past week, Bradley had two um, transfers decide to sign their uh, letter of intent to transfer to Bradley. Uh, both of these guys are going to be sitting out one year, and then uh, they have two years left. Um, most likely the more talented of the, the pair 
Terry or yeah, Terry Nolan Jr. Uh, is coming from George Washington, uh, where he had a pretty impressive season. He seems like a very talented scorer. Um, and the other guy, Kevin McAdoo, uh, is coming from Eastern Michigan, where uh, he he had a, a good le- year last year, but I don't think he's anything too impressive transferring from a, a lower conference where he didn't really light it up by any means. Um, I, I mean, I think for Bradley, these are both solid depth pieces, um, and maybe, you know, they'll be impact in their second year. Um, but that was something that Bradley needed. Uh, they needed, I still think they need more depth for this year, but, um, they definitely will have it for the two years after that. Um, did you, do you have any thoughts on like the Bradley, like what they're doing there? Yeah. So like, I think people need to, uh, see again, Bradley made the NCAA tournament. They won the NBC. So the team was kind of a consistent team with that. Um, just uh, deciding, Elijah Child, definitely the best player on that squad. They, he definitely showed, and in my opinion, he played great against uh, Michigan State because he's 6'7", he's a big guy, um, and he can know, and he's young. So I think Bradley adding that factor to things. Um, I, I think the, the fact that they're, they're losing a good handful of seniors, so getting some transfers, but I do believe uh, they're, they have a Juco coming in. He can start right away. We've talked about him before. But these two guys um, that are coming in are look like they're probably going to have to sit. So that won't be an immediate impact. But again, is um, they'll have a year at least with Elijah Childs actually um, his senior. So two years from now. Um, so I, I don't know. I think this is Bradley just kind of building up, trying to move. Like again, is they're trying to be like maybe like an Loyola, like get guys who maybe wouldn't check out Bradley, but they made the NCAA tournament. So hey, why don't you take a peek at us? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I think uh, just with Elijah Childs, though, I think that's the, the biggest point that he's going to be still there. Mm-hmm. But these guys, again, we won't, we won't know until um, a year from now we'll be talking about how we're looking forward to seeing them because that's when they'll be able to start. So, yeah. 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 I mean, good for Bradley. Uh, we'll see. You know, impact is still yet to come. Um, so now we're going to talk about Loyola stuff. Yay. I'm excited to talk, talk Loyola stuff again. Um, so big piece of news early last week. Um, which we had kind of mentioned, uh, we had heard a little bits and pieces that Christian Negron was uh, considering transferring um, or the writing was on the wall because they were still looking at new guys. Well, he did tweet last week that he has decided to transfer. Um, he cited, you know, he had talked to his family and it was just the best direction for him to go as a player and as a person. Um, first of all, I mean, first and foremost, I think we want to wish Christian the best of luck wherever he goes. Um, kind of a, an interesting story um, and sort of an unfortunate one, um, just to give everyone a little bit of background. Um, he's from the suburbs of Chicago, and he was a very highly recruited guy uh, going into his junior year of high school. And then I think at the end of his junior year, he would he tear something, you know, or broke something? I think right before his senior year, he um, hurt a leg. Just yeah, exactly. he had like a significant leg injury. And um, at that point, um, he had a bunch of mid-major offers, and I think he was getting some high-major, like, looking, like coaches looking at him. And at that point, pretty much everyone pulled their offers off the table uh, because of his injury, except for Loyola and maybe a few other mid-majors. But um, Porter and Loyola stood with him through his injury, and then he shortly after that decided he was going to commit to Loyola. And he was still this, you know, highly recruited, um, three-and-a-half-star uh, recruit 
Um, and his freshman year, he was still, it was very obvious he was still healing from that injury, that leg injury, and he never, he never got fully healthy his freshman year. His freshman year was when we went to the Final Four, and I think ideally looking back on it with 2020 vision, um, we could say that he should have redshirted that year. Uh, I know people uh, were talking about it before that season and during the first few games, but he really didn't play all that much his freshman year, but he played enough where he couldn't uh, redshirt or take a medical redshirt. So that was an unfortunate start. And then last year, he just really never got the opportunity. Um, besides, I think he did start like a game or two, um, but he never really got the minutes to show what he could do. And I think the bummer was he was never really, they never really tried to play him with um, Crutwig or Big Frank. And I don't think he's a true center. Um, I've seen in warmups him taking, you know, free throw line jump shots and, um, he just, he, I don't think he would, had the post defensive ability to, uh, play as the only center on the court. Um, but, uh, we, we want to wish him the best. We hope he does really well. Um, and we hope wherever he goes, it's just going to be a better situation for him. Um, it was clear that, um, the coaching staff did not really have him in the plans for this upcoming season. Um, which again, unfortunate situation. Um, but just the way that Porter runs his offense, um, Christian was kind of the, the, the man that got left out. So, um, with that all being said, uh, Lou, what do you, uh, where do you think he might go? Do you have any thoughts about that or just kind of anything about Christian? Yeah, no, um, I definitely agree. I, I've been a huge proponent about how he should have sat his, um, after his freshman year, or even I think he only played seven games uh, looking back at it. So I don't understand why they didn't fight or even consider just ask. Like, you can uh, apply to get, I believe, um, approve appeal to say this past season was really nothing. Let's just count that as my redshirt year. And then he would just come back fresh of another four more years. Um, so I think that also would have been something I would have loved to have seen. Um, but, um, yeah, that's why I think the fact that giving him a year to kind of recuperate with injury, um, if this year was his freshman year, that would have been great kind of thing because he only played a few games. Uh, but again, is uh, I we we don't know um, what was going on if his injury wasn't really pushing him to the next level or what was holding him back. So those could be factors. But um, as we noticed on Twitter, that Lily kept being noted that Loyola was having guys come visit and not guys for 2020, but guys for 2019 and even graduate transfers. So there was uh, hints and writings on the wall that um, something was kind of being talked about with an extra scholarship still. And, and quite frankly, Negron, Christian Negron was the only guy we really saw as that position only because of the injury holding them back. And so, yeah. Uh, but again, as the kid stepped up, I believe he started two games this year. Um, so I've always, if we go back to podcast, I think he would have been still a great fit. Do I wish he had an extra year? Yes. Um, I think developing, but again, is, uh, some coaches don't have time to develop that much, especially after injuries. So, uh, we don't know. We'll never know. And, uh, I think the thing moving forward is I hope he finds a school. I would love to see him at like a local school still. I know he's a Chicago boy through and through. Um, so like maybe if you, I see like to pick him up, I think he did dominate down there. Or even uh, Northern Illinois, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, I think there are plenty of D1 schools who can easily 
uh, have them be a be a thing. Maybe Green Bay, uh, they're a school who. So so I think there are plenty. If the kid wants to stay a little Midwest, um, or even go out to Indiana, uh, not University of Indiana, but uh, I know IUP wise right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there are schools I think you can find that would, I, in my opinion. And again, the kid played uh, Christian Ground played for uh, his national team. Um, I forget which. Country. I don't remember off the top of my head either. I think I do not. You know what? We're not going to say it because that would be disrespectful. If we um, didn't know. Since we don't. But we don't know. But I know he played for his national team a little bit when he was young uh, in high school. So the fact that he's had that experience, I think uh, good things will come from him. And we only wish him the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a kind of an unfortunate situation. Um, but uh, like we said, we wish him the best. Um we're going to go into our first uh, listener question of the week. We have another one coming up later. But the first one um, is coming to us, and they ask, are we nervous about not having size and depth at the post um, because of uh, Christian leaving? Um, they also asked about Tom Welch, who is 6'7", six, 6'8", six, so he's kind of like a stretch four. He's he's very athletic, um, but not a lot of you know meat on his bones. He's not a very muscled kid like he's just uh he's pretty skinny and lanky um so he's not really like a traditional center uh, more of like a stretch forward um i think we actually disagree on this one so I'll, I'll um i'm gonna start i'm not nervous about it um i think um that first of all crutwig um is obviously the guy who's gonna be playing you know close to 30 minutes a game um and i think also just coming from last year i I think he is going to play a little bit more. It's not going to be a lot, but I think he averaged just under 30 minutes a game last year. I think he's going to average at least 30 minutes a game this year. And as we know, um, Porter doesn't really like playing two bigs together. I honestly can't remember more than a few minutes in a game where two big guys played together. So I think this year it's really going to be Crutwig playing you know, 70 to 75% of the minutes. And then whatever minutes he's not playing, Frank is in there playing the center. Um, and, you know, there might be times where Christian, or not Christian, ooh, wow, uh, flashback. Um, there might be times when Crutwig is in foul trouble, so Frank might get some more minutes. But I just don't think there's ever going to be a time in which, like, Crutwig or Frank can't be playing, unless one gets injured. I think if one of them gets injured, then yes. I think we're in some trouble, but... It's hard to account for those sort of things with only 13 guys on the roster. And also, you know, now we have a guy that's sitting out this year. Um, So I'm not worried about it. Um, I think Tom Welch is going to give us some solid minutes. I don't know what his role is. It's really hard to say what freshman freshman roles are going to be. But I think there is a chance that if he shows he's a good shooter from three that you know, he can hit 33 to 35% of his threes, then he's going to get significant minutes. But me personally, I am not nervous about uh, having Christian go. Uh, Lou, what uh, what do you think? Yeah, so, um, yeah, uh, I think this isn't a time to, say, hit the DEFCOM 4 or 5, whatever the level is that's the worst. I don't know what it is, but that isn't the moment right now. Again, as the season is uh, a good, decent amount away, but... I do think this isn't a thing to like kind of put to the side and it is a thing to be concerned about. We only have two big guys, maybe yeah. three now with Tom Welch. I, um, yeah, I think so it's two. Here's my concern is I'm not even thinking about injury. What happened in the Bradley game 
what happened in games when the other team has guys with size and they crowd our point guards. And right now we are a heavy point guard team. We are heavy backcourt guys. We are heavy. We got two guys coming from Juco and Pipkins and Clemens. We now have Norris, who's going to sit here, so really no, no right away immediate thing. Action. We have Bruno, we have Marquise Kennedy, and we have Paxson. Tate Hall, we don't know where he's going to fit. Um, again, as I still see that small forward, I don't see a stretch four at all. We've had Dante in the past be that stretch four, but that's when Porter goes small ball. But I think we need to address the issue of big guys make a difference. Big guys are crucial when it comes to when you guys can't make your shots on the perimeter. You need to be able to put it down low. You need to give it something. Frank showed a little bit of, hey, you decent role player for a big position off the bench, definitely. There are minutes where he came in. It doesn't need to be refined more, 100%. He sometimes is frailing his arms and doesn't know what would be to brought in, but I think that was a freshman year, and he sat, he was sitting behind a kid who his freshman year played in the Final Four. So do I think Franken has a large upside? Yes. Do I think Cameron Craig still has upside? Yes. But do I think we need more guys? 100%. I think, um, and we'll address maybe the new recruit we have, um, but I think we need to talk about how with Christian gone, there is no, maybe if guys need more time um, on the bench, a breather, coming down, are we going to be back into that really small ball lineup? And I think we will. And granted, small ball can help us, but I see it more of as a bad thing only in times when, our shots just aren't there in games like Missouri State. They were shooting the lights out, and we couldn't keep up with them. So we needed to put it down low to get guys easy buckets. And, again, is when you give Cram and Krupp with the ball, you're like, okay, there's a high chance that this is about to be a bucket, especially when he's down low. But I'm just thinking with Cam and Krupp needing to play more minutes, I'd say, this year, and with Frank coming off against Tom Welch, I definitely agree, is more of a stretch four. Um, he's going to be definitely really helpful with the small ball lineup. Um, I think he'll get a lot of great playing time with that. But when it comes to the grind, I haven't seen it. We haven't seen it. The kid's tough. The kid played. Uh, he was a goalie, so he knows how to really die for things. So he knows aggressive um, actions, I think. But, again, it's, he'll be a freshman. So do we put all our weight on freshman actions? Um, so uh, right now I, I think there is uh, definitely a concern, I would say, with the fact that we don't have depth in big men. Mm-hmm. And I'm more worried about when Cameron Crutley singles to the bench, hey, need a breather. Um, again, is a, here is a big guy. He's 6'7", and he's got a big wingspan. So maybe if he starts playing big, again, is this is where what we saw at the end at the Creighton game was amazing mm-hmm. because he was the down-low post guy. He was, what, 9 for 11 or 9, yeah, I think 10 he for 12? He was only only missed two shots, but every shot was down low. Mm-hmm. So if you have a here drop in and decide now he's going to be a post guy, then I wouldn't really say we're worried that much. But my concern is that when Cameron Krovic needs a breather, no injury, and when Frank comes in, you just need that double duo or at least that added addition of a big man to be in an enforced down low. Yeah, I think the one thing we can definitely agree on is that this shows that they are putting all their chips in on um, Cameron and on Frank. Like, they believe in them so much to where, like, they they don't need another big guy. Like they, Well, in their heads, that they don't need another big guy because they trust Cameron and Frank to carry that weight throughout the whole season. Um and, yeah, I, I think the development of Uguak is, is pretty important, too. Yeah, no, I, I can definitely – I like that point is they know 
what their big guys in Crutwig and Frank can do. And right now you've, they've lost two point guards, semi-point guards, or ball handlers in Clayton and Marcus, so they don't know who's going to be the next mm, one. Yeah. So maybe right now this is more of a test run for Porter to feel like, who are we giving the ball to? He yeah. has Freshman, and then he has Juco, guy, and he has Bruno. He's got Lucas still, Cooper. So he doesn't really know, but maybe he does have confidence in Crowig. But I would really love, and I'm going to end it on my side here, is I'd love if, with this concern of Christian gone, if a here just drops down and commits to the post because he was beautiful, absolutely beautiful. It hurt to see that was the only game that we saw this. But, again, his, his kid's got two more years. So two more years of that type of playing, I think – you can see his name being on first team and second teams because you'll have him with a high field goal and you'll have Cameron Crutt with a high field goal percentage. So I think you'll have guys who are just showing that they can dominate in the post. I think actually the most important this – is, this is going to sound a little backwards, but I think the most important part to Ugwak's game and his development of a post player or like a low – a big guy is actually his ability to make – a jump shot because if he is able to even hit with somewhat consistency a mid-range jump shot or the occasional three people are going to be forced to go out and play him on the wing and that because like we saw throughout most of the conference play last year teams are just sitting back on Uguak because they were they knew he wouldn't shoot so I think the most and I, I want to see Uguak develop into that four that traditional four player who's athletic and can play good defense and switch on screens and then also be able to make a post move or hit, you know, a jump shot. But I think the most important part to Uguak becoming a better post player is having a somewhat reliable jump shot. And actually kind of funny enough, I was at the gym the other day uh, at Hallis and on campus and I saw Uguak um, with a couple of the coaches just practicing jump shots for like an hour. It was just him and he was out there shooting mid-range jump shots, coming off screens, taking threes. So I think they know that. I think he knows that. I think they really want to work on that. Um, but to answer the question about are we nervous, I'm not. But I think Lou is at least a little bit, a little bit nervous, and rightfully so. Um, so uh, moving on from from the Christian Negron conversation, uh, we have a new player. We have a new uh, commit to our squad. Um, we have a, uh, a freshman who uh, was attending Oakland. University in Michigan. Um, Braden Norris uh, is his name. He is a six-foot point guard. Uh, he started the majority, I think he started 30 of 33 games at Oakland. Um, he's their point guard. He averaged uh, eight and a half points, uh, just over five assists per game, uh, almost three rebounds. Um, but the most, I think, impressive part of his game is that he shot 45% from the field and he shot nearly 50% from three-point range. He was just around 49% from three-point range. So this kid is an incredibly efficient scorer, efficient player. He plays a lot of minutes in the last, like, 10 games. I think there was four games where he played all 40 minutes of the game. Um, from the, the, the video I've seen of him and the clips I've seen of him, he really reminds me of Clayton Custer. Um, he is a, a short guy who has a quick step, but he also um, he doesn't love driving to the hoop as much as he likes um, dishing the ball, um, keeping it under control, and then spotting up from three. Um, he knows how to space the floor. He's a smart player. 
he was not heavily recruited at all out of, of high school. Uh, I think he only had like three or four offers, but um, we know that that doesn't necessarily mean he's not a good player. Um, but uh, Braden Norris, I think uh, he's going to have to sit out a year, but then he still has three years left to play. Um, I think it's an interesting addition to the squad. I, I, I think it's, it's a good addition, but there are definitely things that um, make us nervous. And um, we'll get into that, too, a little bit. Uh, but, Lou, uh, how did you uh, – what was your reaction to this Braden Norris news? Uh, Braden or Brandon? What do we – I think it's Braden. Braden I Norris? Fine, yeah, B-R-A-D-E-N. So, Braden Norris, if you're listening, you can let us know how to properly pronounce your name. But I think – Come Braden, on the podcast. You can talk to us. I too. think Braden Norris is the guy who is cast to play Clayton Custer in the movie that is made about the Final Four run <laughs> last year. Um, so just to say he's a good-looking guy. Um, Damn. Will he shoot as good as Clay? I don't know. Will he become player of the year? I have no Probably clue. not. I, um, I'm going to put that out there. Probably put that not. out there? Yeah. Um, so we don't know. But right now, he's. Um, I'm a little concerned. I kind of uh, was hoping, I'll be quite honest with you, uh, nothing to get through. I was just hoping we'd get the Isaiah Moss kid uh, from Iowa, Chicago kid, uh, graduate transfer. Uh, but this kid is efficient, and efficiency uh, wins games. Um, so I do like, again, his shooting was kind of something we kind of took a little dip in, especially from three-point shooting this year, this past year. It kind of sucks that he will not be starting right away to help with the improved efficiency. But um, I think that definitely has to be something that uh, they saw as a highlight of this guy, that he's not afraid to shoot it, but he's also uh, efficient with the shooting. So that's good. It's not like he's taking one or two shots a game. He's taking a couple shots. He's going to... Go up there. And for a freshman to play a lot, he was all freshman, I believe, in the Horizon League. So I think he has a lot of upside, and there's a lot of potential that's going on. So uh, decent addition. Uh, kind of stinks the city here, but that's just the way things go. And uh, we'll probably see him next year. We'll talk about him as the year goes on. Yeah, I think some of the things that kind of – we talked about this a little bit too that make us nervous – or maybe not nervous, but like you mentioned, we, we were hoping to get Isaiah Moss – um, hoping to get a guy I think that could play this year. Um, I think this team, although is good and should finish in the top three, um, I think the Missouri Valley Conference is going to be great next year. And, um, you know, getting another guy to play next year as like a depth piece or someone like Isaiah Moss, who had started every game for three years at, at Iowa, um, there's just a couple of the pieces I think we would have liked to see a little bit more. Um, but you know, hopefully, hopefully Braden Norris shows us up and, you know, in, in two years we're talking about how he was the best thing that could have happened. And, you know, we were silly to think back and wish that, you know, we would have gotten someone else. Um, but we also have a kind of a log jam now at guard, uh, for not this year, but next year, um, you know, we'll have the two Juco guys who will both be seniors, um, Marquise Kennedy, you know, the list goes on, Cooper Kyphus, Lucas Williamson, Paxamojic, and now, um, Braden, Braden Norris. Um, but it definitely, to me, seems the, the thing that I do like about, um, about Braden is that he, he doesn't need the ball in his hands all the time to operate. He's more of like a facilitator, who also can shoot very well from three. Um, I mean, he, he averaged over five assists a game, which is impressive. It's, um, you know, that's you're adding a lot of value to the team without scoring. Um, and some of the things that I – one of the reasons why he left, which I kind of find pretty interesting, he said that um, something along the lines of that he didn't really like the culture that was um, – He didn't like the what? 
the, the culture. The culture. A head coach in college basketball's favorite word, culture. But he didn't like um, that. He felt like some of the guys at Oakland were kind of just okay with being average and being stagnant. And he wanted to go to a place where they were striving to be better and striving to be the best that they could. Um, so if nothing else, I mean, it sounds like one of the things you say just because it sounds nice and it sounds like something you should say. But at the very least, like, it's still a compliment to the university and the coaching staff and, um, you know, what we have going on here uh, that he, that another player saw it and, and wanted to be a part of it. So at the very least, it is a, is a, it is a compliment to our university and to the team. And we're excited to have Brandon here. Um, we're excited to see what he can do um, in his uh, three years left of eligibility. So, um, yeah, welcome, uh, Brandon Norris, to the squad. Uh, if you ever want to be on the podcast, let us know. Um, so then that brings us to our last and potentially most interesting bit of, of uh, speculative news here. Uh, one of the, the other viewer questions or listener questions was, if we knew of any leads on new associate head coach and assistant coach uh, hires. And um, I, there's been a little bit of talk about this and making kind of a big leap. But um, for those of you who don't know, Porter Moser has a Twitter. And he doesn't really – he's not really that active. Um, he tweets every once in a while. Uh, but he also doesn't follow a lot of people on Twitter. There's very few people that he follows. And this past week um, – or the past weekend, I think we saw that he uh, decided to follow. I as as his Twitter bio describes, a Chicago-born assistant coach. Uh, his name is Billy, and uh, I'm going to butcher this Polish last name. Uh, Wush, w- w- Try That's we're going to call him Coach Wu because that is what is on his Twitter bio. So coach Wu um, is um, the current assistant coach at Boston College. Uh, he's been there, I think, for five or six years. Um, before that, he was at different places like TCU, UNLV, um, Ohio University. And also, interestingly enough, he was an assistant coach at none other than Loyola University of Chicago. What? Yeah, yeah, I know. Call me crazy. Um, but he was there, uh, I think, was it 02 to 05? Is that? I think that's what we feel. Yeah, yeah 02 to 05. Uh, for at least like two seasons, um, and um, he in his little bio here, it just says he's very good with. Uh, he's a good coach for guards, um, which, as some of the listeners might know, uh, Brian Mullins was um, uh, one of our main guard coaches at Loyola. Uh, so just kind of pieces really fit. Um, he he was born in, or he's from Chicago. Uh, coach Wu was from Chicago. Um, so that piece fits as well. And now he's had, you know, a little bit of, of high major, um, coaching experience being at Boston college and also previously, I mean, UNLV isn't a high major, but pretty darn close to it. So, um, it does kind of look like he's going to be the next, uh, uh, assistant coach. Um, nothing is finalized, but I would be surprised if at this time next week, um, we don't have a new assistant coach and even more surprised if it's not um, Coach Wu, which that's what the podcast is going to call him now because I can't pronounce his name. So, um, so Lou, how do you feel about Coach Wu potentially being our next uh, assistant coach? 
Yeah, um, I think, uh, again, Chicago rooted is a big thing. Um, we're a Chicago team. Uh, it's good to be able to know Chicago and recruit. Uh, another thing is the guy is also at Loyola, but I think it's a different uh, culture that's at Loyola right now. Coach's favorite words. Um, so I, I think that will be really you don't need to worry about the past Loyola that he was with. But he's with BC. We just played BC this past year. People don't know we beat, we lost BC in the finals of the Fort Myers mm-hmm. tournament, right? Yeah. Um, so again, is the guy was at a decent team. I know they've had some NBA talent. Always noticed Boston College always has a point guard. That's been noted, and I believe he's a point guard coach. So um, that's what we've kind of just lost in Brian Mullins, being the point guard uh, pretty much liaison to coaching staff to players. He knew how to work with them, and he knew what they wanted. Um, so this would be a definitely a, a thing, a hole to fill. Uh, definitely a guy with experience like this from a, big, a little bit bigger school just because they're in the Big East, or sorry, the ACC. ACC, yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I think this wouldn't this wouldn't be a bad move uh, at all. And again, as as people are trying to ask us in the questions, we're we're not detectives, but we uh, we do try to notice things and trying to give you guys the best information. So this is just some thing to throw out there. Again, is just to point out, Illinois State just hired a, um, an assistant coach mm-hmm. um, that was a head coach. Granted, he was a head coach at a lower conference school, in North Dakota, I believe, mm-hmm. or North Dakota State, one of the North Dakotas. Um, so an interesting move, but again, is. Uh, the Valley, I feel, is trying to get coaches who, regardless of assistant or head coach, that have experience at winning and have experience at um, high levels. And being a head coach now moving into assistant coach, you have great experience and you have a high level of winning because you're the head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, Evansville with uh, getting uh, McCarty, McCarthy from Boston Celtics. Uh, Dana Ford now is building something. So Drake. So I think having us looking for an assistant coach, we need a guy with experience and a guy – um, if this would be it from BC, would I think fit well? Yeah, um, we'll we'll keep you updated and see how that goes. But as oh, thanks it, for the questions, guys. Yeah, we love the questions. Um, you know, we talk about all this kind of stuff all the time, anyway, just between the two of us. Um, so pretty pretty much any question you could have is is something that we we've talked about, and you know, we're just trying to figure out what exactly to talk about on the off season podcast. So um, thank you guys so much for the questions. Please keep them coming. Um, you know, we'll talk about anything from, from the basketball team to how sad we are about Felice's closing, uh, which brings this podcast full circle from our opening um, uh, sponsorship. But um, I think it's going to do it from from us here at Podcast 63. Um, it's been uh, Buck and Lou here. Uh, thank you all for listening to another episode, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Go Blurs.